fucking episode 16, part 3. <laughs> are we recording that? Yeah, we are fully. Oh, God. Fully established. <laughs> the Clout Cousins are the only oh remaining the holy, The last survivors. The last survivors of this fuckery that was episode 16, which went in so many directions, and I think it was one of our best. One of our best. I was almost scared because, like, the first, like, half of that podcast was just nonstop interrupting each other. It was unbelievable. And then I think, honestly, I think what saved it was the fat debate. Was was that that whole debate. And then at, at that point, everyone sort of got serious and it actually became, like, a sanctioned like <laughs> yeah, debate. Like, yeah, we need to all be heard here. You know? No, that was crazy. But th- no, I mean it it all turned out good and it was all it was I mean shit's fun as fuck. Just just talking shit and uh just having a having a word to say with your boys and fucking getting to it and that's what people like to listen to. And ultimately like I feel like too much of that is not People don't people don't encounter this type of conversation in their regular day to day life on a regular basis. And that's what the problem like, that's the fucking problem with the state of the country at this point. Exactly. That's the problem with the state of everything is that these conversations aren't being had. We had multiple disagreements on the podcast. We had multiple different point of views, but we found so much ground to stand on that we all could agree on. That it was like, okay, so the, all the little things that we might disagree on don't really matter because the, the the vast majority of the concept that we were talking about, we all agree on. Right. In reality, every debate stems from a common ground. So it all really relates to how many branches off of that common ground you go to. And once you can find that common ground, you can really start to agree on – the things that sort of stem off of it and what you find is that you're not often as far off as you think you are it really comes down to a few select things that like in the grand scheme of things are minuscule in the actual point that you're trying to argue and that was something that I think we found when we had that whole debate was we sort of got caught up in what we thought we were trying to argue rather than what we were actually trying to argue. And I, I really don't even believe it was that much of an argument. I really think it was a lot of just misunderstanding misunderstanding yeah. and debate. And, and in that case, it almost doesn't even deserve that much of a uh, preface because it really wasn't like some insane. No, it wasn't serious at all. No, anything. And it was just passionate dudes talking about things that they agree on and i think that in in reality is what a lot of people don't understand is you can people seem to take these things that they disagree on and it's almost like every hill is a hill to die on rather than understanding that you can agree on something completely different than something else that someone else is trying to portray and you can scream in that person's face and you can yell at them and you can just hate that person in that moment but you understand that we're civilized people and that we come from a long line of people that killed for things like that and now we're at a point in evolution where we can talk about it 
and it doesn't have to be some sort of mortal combat that we have to come to. It can be something where you can sit there with your words and with your ideologies and your intellectualism and intelligence and really come to a point where you can trade ideas, you can trade points of views and perspectives, and you can come to understanding what it really means to have an opinion. <clears throat> and what you really find out when doing that is that a lot of people don't really have opinions. Not to say that anyone on this podcast didn't have a strong opinion, but when you go out in public and you debate with people, you can find that a lot of people don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of people just argue these points because they hear them on Twitter or they hear them on Reddit or Instagram. And then you ask it's them. It's not something they thought about for more than 10 minutes. Right. It's something that they were told to think. And so when people post those, oh, go out and vote videos, not to get political, but they go out and post these videos and then people just go and vote for the last thing they fucking heard on Twitter without ever stopping to think, what am I voting for? Who is this guy? What is his policies? What does he believe in? Blah, 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 this and that and the other thing. And they never stop to think, what do I believe? Or am I just voting to fit in? Is this a fashion statement? Or do I actually believe in something? Dude, not to cut you off, but I was looking at uh, some pictures the other day and I was scrolling through Facebook and I thought I recognized this girl so I clicked on her pictures and like what you typically do on Facebook is you click on their picture and then you slide over a couple years to see like, oh, is this somebody I recognize? Like is this somebody I knew from back in the day or blah, right. blah, blah. Well, like I'm three pictures in and I see just this glamour picture of this girl doing this like duck face or whatever, you know, Facebook style picture with the hashtag over the picture Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, two, three years later, that shit looks so fucking corny. Like you're making you're you're literally just adopting whatever fad rolls into the like everybody that throws the Ukraine shit in their fucking bio. Right. You know, it's just like you're jumping on whatever. You you haven't taken ten minutes to research. Cause if you had you would realize that Ukraine was on the top ten fucking countries that we should watch the most out. Most corrupt countries that we in the should world. watch out for as the as U.S. and uh, most corrupt countries in the world, and we're meant to sit here and send them three hundred billion dollars. Meanwhile, our schools don't even have fucking air conditioning systems. It's right there. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at Baltimore City, and Baltimore City is a grand example of sixty percent of the kids in in Baltimore City. Graduate and cannot fucking read, dude. And and another fun statistic to say to people that that understand that statistic is that Baltimore City Schools are the top five one of the, in the top five funded school districts, not in the state, not in the county, in, in the, the nation, country, bro. In, in the, the country. country, Baltimore City is in the top five. I believe it's top three funded school districts in the country. And they don't even have air conditioning. We thought about a, doing a pod all about Baltimore City Schools, dude. Well, you'd have to do a fucking series because it's a that's long, what I was thinking. Drawn. And, and th that's that's what has kept me from doing it, Dom. Is the more research I do, the more I realize we're never going to be able to scratch the fucking surface of the corruption that's going on in Baltimore City Schools. The amount of people Not on top that are just getting paid so much money, and these kids literally cannot fucking read i've talked to i've talked to teachers that are teachers of fourth graders that say 
20% of their students can read at a second grade level. That's the highest reading level they have Dude. in a fourth grade class. 20%. The other percentage cannot fucking read at all. People are graduating high school at a fifth grade reading level at 60%. It is it is it is at a point where it's it's literally if you were to make it up in a sitcom, you wouldn't believe it. It would you would have too much of a suspense of disbelief to even try to maintain watching the sitcom. It is to a point where Baltimore schools, as we just stated, are one of the most funded, <clears throat> the most funded school district in the country. They get paid, the, the teachers get paid more than any county in the state of Maryland. Yet these students are graduating at a rate where they are not even literate. And I don't mean literate as a child. I mean literate as a as a human being. They can't read. They literally cannot read Imagine or write. Imagine how frustrating it is to have to walk around the world and not be able to read. Imagine how frustrating that it must be as an and adult. And then imagine trying to get a job. I mean, no fucking wonder Baltimore is such a shithole. Because how the fuck are you supposed to get a job how the fuck are you supposed to be an outstanding member of society and start a business or get a job or, or, or do anything to contribute to society? Why wouldn't you lean to, to dealing drugs or, or robbing people or, you know, becoming a part of a crime syndicate? Or being a squeegee boy. Or being a squeegee boy. Why, why wouldn't you? Because the system has failed them. And as much as I also like to stand on the fact that the individual person should be responsible for their own actions— I also do want to acknowledge that the fact that the system in Baltimore City has absolutely failed the people of, the Baltimore, people City. of Baltimore City. And it's because the same people keep getting voted in time after time after time because people want to sit there and admit to themselves that um, voting the other party would be a downfall. Meanwhile, we've seen 40, 30 years of consi consistent downfall in the system. And no one is saying anything about that. It's just completely accepted that your child will graduate high school and not be able to read a fucking book. It's disgusting. Let me play the devil's advocate here because if Republicans were voted into the city of Baltimore, right? Would there be an immediate change? Obviously, would not be an immediate change because it would, it would take a few, quite a few years to undo the things that have been done thus far to the Baltimore people. But but would that system, would the Republican system even fucking fix it, or would they fall into the same money-grubbing system that the Democrats have? It's a good question, but I, I <clears throat> in a way, I almost think, even if you were to ask that question, it's gotten to the point where almost... Like, let's try it? Exactly. Yeah. It's gotten no, to I the feel point you. where... I, I'm hey, with you. I'm like... Might as well fucking, this ain't working. I mean, even if it don't work, it ain't working on the fucking other side, so fuck it. We might as, try, might as well try anything. It's yeah. like doing an onside kick. No, you know yeah. what I fucking mean? Like, hey, we ain't going to fucking get the, well, get the I, fucking lead back by. I feel like that's what got a lot of Trump voters out there is feeling like, well, these fucking career politicians aren't working, so fuck it. Let's see what this guy can do. And if anything, he shook it up for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I believe the main part in why he was such a successful politician is because he wasn't a politician. 
is because all politics is based off of is keeping politicians rich and keeping politicians in a point where they can have deals with their buddies that are fucking running fucking country clubs and, and, and fucking pharmaceutical reps and all this kind of bullshit where they can fucking funnel, funnel uh, money into where it's in their own interest rather than somebody who's got his own money and he can't be bribed and he says, you know what, I don't need your money. I'm worried about America. I'm worried about the country. And you can have your little fucking Mount Pleasant golf course and you can't fucking bribe me money to make sure that blah, blah, blah happens or this and that happens. And then you got the uh, Baltimore City fucking, um, what is it, the uh, prosecutor that, that, what is it, 70% of Baltimore murder goes unsolved? That's incredible. That, that is, it's not only That's incredible, incredible, it is unbelievable. It literally is unbelievable. Why are we seventy percent? That's seven out of ten people. Seven out of ten murders in Baltimore City go unsolved. For you illiterate fucks. That's Se- seven out, out of, of 10. every ten murders, which what there's three hundred sixty a year. Seventy percent go unsolved. Are you fucking? That's about two hundred fifty murders in Baltimore City get committed, and they never find the murderer. I, I I mean, can you imagine that in any other place in the country? Can you imagine if Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or if, or if Cleveland, Ohio, or Flint, Michigan, anywhere in the country, fucking Akron had fucking 70% of their murders go unsolved? 70% of the people going out there killing people never get caught, and that's just an acceptable stat? That it's unbelievable. It's disgusting. It's disgusting that the city has gotten to that point, and there's people that will still sit there and vote for the same people that will go out of their way to not prosecute people because they don't want to seem like they're on the wrong side of history. They don't want to be the ones putting people in jail. Well, maybe it's time you put some fucking people in jail because if there's anywhere that you're going to put people in jail, it's Baltimore fucking city. Yeah, because it's falling apart. Baltimore City used it's to have in a shambles, dude. Fa- Baltimore City used to have a population of one point one million citizens. It used to be the eighth most populated city in the country. What is it now? It's 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 teetering towards under six hundred thousand. It's lost wow. almost fifty percent of its population. It's I think the thirty fifth most populated city in the country around there. So it was basically a fucking booming metropolitan area with Hopkins and all of these great things that have come out of Baltimore and it's gotten driven out by well little known fact the reason why Baltimore County and Baltimore City are separate places which is one of the only districts in America that are like that where the city is separate from the county the reason really? why that is is because Baltimore City during the industrial uh, boom, I believe it was in the 30s, went through this whole thing where they, back when they were a big industrial city, were going through an economic boom, and they realized that they were paying for the county. And they said, why the fuck are we making all this money in the city doing all this industrial shit, and you guys are kind of not paying your way? So they seceded from the county. So the county and the city are separate because of that. And then come, what, 60 years later, 
the county is the one that's got all the money because the fucking city's a shithole. And the city now, a large percentage of the tax base of the entire state of Maryland goes to Baltimore City. Baltimore City schools, the reason why they're one of the most funded in the country is because a large percentage of the state government goes to the city and they are still completely fucked because the city government is so corrupt. I remember getting into an argument with somebody on the internet, as I usually love to do. We are the second most corrupt city in the country based off of racketeering charges and, and, and corruption charges and things like that over the last 10 years. We have 352, I believe, charges of corruption, whether it's a cop or it's a political official or blah, blah, blah. I mean, what is it? Two out of three of our last mayors have had some sort of scandal. It's unreal. (sighs) My uh, lawyer actually represented the mayor in her book scandal. Wow. Yeah. Had to go big. Had to go deep. Deep pockets. Oh, man. I I mean, everything's corrupt, bro. It's so corrupt on so many different levels. I mean, uh, look at this, like, a few years ago, like, a year ago, year and a half ago, they're they're raiding people's houses for a couple marijuana plants, but now they're they're legalizing marijuana on a recreational level. That is, that is just... Like, are we kidding? Are we joking? It's just like in COVID when they weren't going down on the people doing illegal shit. They're going down on business owners that are actually trying to conduct their business and they infract a couple of laws and then they crack down on them. It's like you are trying to literally like empty out your tax base like you're you're going but you're cool with the guy on the corner with a fucking cooler selling beers. Exactly. There's a guy on the corner not carting anybody selling white claws out of a corner. But you see a guy in a bar by himself mopping up the bar and you and you're going to fucking send him a ticket because he's not wearing a mask by himself in the bar. Yeah. I mean, it got to a point of insanity. Literally that was a, got that to was a, a real thing that happened. My brother, the horse that he plays at all the time, a bartender was mopping up after the shift alone, completely alone in the building with no mask. A cop came into the bar. Because he was alone in the building with no mask, mopping up the floor, and charged him. I think it was like a five hundred dollar ticket. Meanwhile, there's motherfuckers on the side of the street selling white claws, taking advantage of the no longer open container law because it's COVID. And he's selling shit. Not, I mean, a fucking twelve year old could walk up to him, buy a mango white claw. Nothing, nothing. Dudes on the fucking dock, blaring their speakers, having a fucking block party, collecting tips for fucking DJing and shit unsanctioned everything and and mind you i don't mind that i i think that should be allowed to do that but if you're going to allow that you got to allow their actual you fucking cannot go up to, 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 to businesses and then and then cracking down on businesses for having a dress code cracking down on businesses for enforcing no check split or or a 18 percent gratuity on an eight top it's it's crazy man that's crazy, man. <laughs> anyway, to fucking uh, get off this, how's your betting been going? Horrible. I'm down like 400. 
So what that's you, not that bad. What are you at total? Like sixteen hundred right now? Yeah, I didn't get uh, that lighter. Yeah. I actually haven't bet in like the last two weeks. I didn't at all bet in the last it's two weeks. It's hilarious because I was listening to the podcast today and I, I remember bringing up Bet Online because Streamies had <laughs> yeah. promoted it. And I hadn't been on it yet. And then yeah, and then I, I randomly I, why how did how did you get into that again? I forgot how we like well, you were at the bar and then I like you told me about it and I was like, All right. Like and I checked it out and they were like We'll match whatever you put in on crypto. And I had some crypto tanking. So I was like, fuck it. Because cryptos from, went from three grand to one grand. So I might as well jump it back up to two grand and exactly, play with yeah. it, you know? The thing I was warning you about is they fucking get you on those fucking things. Cause well, they only let me use the play. They only let me use that kind of money on certain bets. Yeah, it depends on the on the odds of the bet. Yeah. But I have I have hit some bets though I have hit some really good bets. Um, have you done any poker on it yet? No, I really need to. Dude, I just had a I had a solid win a couple weeks ago. It was actually the weekend my papa died. I uh, I I you know I've never played live poker in my life, and I know because you're probably the only person in the family that like. Can I can relate to on poker? Yeah, because yeah. you're like into it. You gave me that Daniel Negreanu book, which I fucking read through like it's twice. Good as fuck, right? It's so good. It, it really is. So it, it follows tests, every man. level of like. It really does. It, it really. It's, it's so thorough. It's 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 like perfectly intact too. Because the first chapter is like really good at like low level tournaments, and then it gets into cash games and all that kind of shit. Yeah, it, it's such a good book, and I like how he picked a different like poker pro to to write each chapter exactly it he didn't great. just rely on his own shit he had, he was like okay blah 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 is good at tournament poker uh um was it brunson's son is good at cash poker blah 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 anyway so i uh you know i played a i played a bunch like i mean generally like my max buy-in generally is like 15 bucks like i usually do like five ten fifteen dollar tournaments but i had um Randomly lun a bunch of money in the fucking online casino, just fucking around when I was drunk, which I need to stop doing. <laughs> um, so I I was just like, there was like this Halloween event going on where they were doing these like special Halloween poker tournaments where they were like upping the prize pool. I was like, all right, fuck it. I entered a fifty five dollar tournament. Just fucking around. It was a it was a bounty tournament. Then I wound up getting fourth place, and I wound up winning five sixty on a. $55 entry Nice I was like hell yeah That was like the most I've ever entered into a tournament before And I'm, I'm about to go on a cruise With my girl for her uh, birthday And I know they're gonna have a poker Like a big poker tournament Where first place wins a free cruise And then a free entry To a $100,000 guaranteed tournament And I was like babe If you think I'm not Entering that, that if, if you think I'm not dubbing that tournament, like, uh, like I'm dead ass gonna have to be away from you for like two days on that cruise. Two days, yeah. Like, like, hold on, hold on. When's this cruise? And is there still tickets? Oh, dog, you want to come? I because listen, yeah, because Bree has been begging me to go on a cruise recently. So, dude, I we would, can make this happen. Nick, I would love nothing more than if you came on that cruise with us. That would be Where, so when is fucking. It, please send me the info because we can make this happen. She, it's it's in January. We could we could totally make this happen, dude. That would be fucking insane. <laughs> that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be fucking that'd be tits. insane. That'd be tits. Like these girls are fucking blowing my mind right now. I can't fucking deal with it. Let's go to the bar and get fucking dude, drunk. And, and, and how awesome would it be if they became best friends? Best friends, greatest friends ever. We just didn't have to deal with them. Oh my god. 
I'm fucking literally getting erect and thinking about <laughs> that. Dude. No, dude, we the, please send me the info. We could totally make this happen. How much is the cruise? What's the cruise? What tell me? Hey, sell me. Sell me, dog. All right, all right. Sell all right. me, dog. So hold on. So it's it's um it's eight day cruise leaving out of Baltimore. I love it. Already. Eight day cruise. I don't have to fly anywhere. It's right out of Baltimore. Eight day cruise right out of Baltimore. It goes all the way down to the Bahamas. Uh, I believe we spent seven or eight hundred. Dude, I'm I, I'll buy it tomorrow. All day drink package. You gotta obviously spend extra. I think it's another five hundred for. I'm with it. Unlimited top shelf drinks. I'm with it. Let's do the it. The whole trip. And then you can get like a fuck. That's out. how they get you on the drink packages, though. Oh yeah, but but I think but they're thing, worth it. You're talking. You, you're talking I, about anybody that's a seasoned cruise person. Casino me, on the ship. They tell me buy the drink package. Any oh, fucking absolutely. person Otherwise, that does the cruise. Drinks are like twenty bucks a piece. Otherwise, yeah, you're fucked. So, dude, honestly, that would, dude, if we went on this cruise together, it'd be the fucking sickest thing, dude. Ever. Is there tickets left? Is there, this... there has to be. There's no fucking way. There's not. All right, I'm, I'm with fucking... it. Where's let's, my phone? Let's fucking. Is do my this. phone over there? No, we're doing this cruise. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Crack screen. It is an iPhone. Dude, this is a fucking iPhone. I need a fucking new phone. Anyway, if that's cracked, this would be a sign from God and you get a fucking new phone. No, but they, but they, not only do they have the tournaments, they have a whole casino. So they'll have cash games, black, blackjack, baccarat, roulette. Oh my God, the hiccups is retarded. Clout Cousins, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, they got all that shit. So, I I'm, I was, like, thinking about bringing, like, 600 just for the casino. Just to fucking bet. But, like, dude, I'm, I'm easily going to that tournament. And uh, if I want a free, free cruise, she's going to be mad at me for being away, away from her. But the second but I tell her. But if she has free, though. And we're both running the tourney. That's what I'm fucking saying. That's is money. It, is it Bree's there? And they're having a fucking girls' day at the spa. Which Bree introduced herself to you guys when you guys were at the bar last time, and she hadn't met you, and I was very proud of her because she's like very socially awkward and like not. So is Kayla. Yeah, Bree's like not. Kayla's about a shy shit. girl. Man. Yeah, she's super shy. Bree's like, and and then until you get her drunk, and then she's like, you know, right. It's the whole vibe. Kay- Kayla's a very shy girl, and and I'm a very outgoing person. So we I all think me being extroverted and her being introverted kind of vibes. I think probably you guys got the same shit going. Yeah, it almost vibes. It almost doesn't vibe because she's almost like you're too extroverted. I'm like, all right. Like you'll start talking to people at the bar, but and she's dog, like, I'm not ready dog, for this. If if we wanna, that happens all- to me. <clears throat> I mean, I could almost see Kayla being like, I thought this was gonna be our thing. Blah blah blah. But I could also see, like, hey, like, Nick's going to come on the cruise. We're going to have a couple nights to ourselves. We're going to go to dinner by ourselves, blah, blah, blah. But also, like, Nick and I are going to go play some poker tournaments. You and Bree can fucking hang out, go to a spa, go to fucking get drinks at the pool bar or some shit. Do your thing. Like, yeah. Hang out, have a girl's day. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I feel like I'm going to talk to her this weekend. Vibe it out. I'm gonna vibe, out. I'm gonna vibe it out. I'm gonna say like, what would you think if Nick brought his girl? And blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna see what she says. Cause and, and and sell it like this. Sell it like Nick's girl wants a vacation with just them too. Yeah, 
that's that's you a know what great I mean? point. Like Nick Nick's girl doesn't want to go on a couple's vacation either. So it's gonna be like them doing their thing. We might wave in the hallway. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're not gonna have to it's not gonna be like, oh, what's what's Dom doing tonight? Type right. vibe. You know what I mean? Because it's eight Go days. Go to a couple dinners. Eight days. We'll Go hang. to a couple dinners. I, listen, hit the bar a couple times. Hey, Nick and I hit the casino. That's how you gotta start it. You gotta start it with like the first couple of days we're just doing our own thing. And then we and integrate then next it. fucking thing. Next fucking thing. integrate. Next <laughs> thing. We're all there, their thing and don't you guys got a casino to go to? Yeah. Don't you guys gotta get the fuck Don't out you guys of gotta get a massage? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you guys hey guys, we got a poker tournament. We're playing one two. I heard the, I heard Tommy's giving really good <laughs> massages down where I heard Ling Ling's giving some fucking banger foot with rubs. Fucking with fucking hot rocks spot. down there. And I, the fucking and North I, and I just happened to hear that there's a forty dollar PKO tournament at the fucking cruise ship casino. Me and Nick are trying to hit that. We're running three bullets minimum. Can you give me that? Yeah, babe. Me and Bree are going to be at the fucking poolside bar talking to French dudes but not banging them. <laughs> we'll fluff with them, bang with you. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not with the fluff and don't fluff. If my girl fluffs with a fucking French dude, I'm swinging on a French dude. I will knock a French dude into the fucking ocean. All right, we're we're hey, we're banging on French dudes, but if you're Italian, we'll give you some leeway. Dude, I had a nightmare the other night. I had a nightmare that I was scrolling through Pornhub and I found a video of my girl on the casting oh, couch. Oh no! I had a nightmare. No. And I found my girl on the casting couch, and I and I brought it up to her. This is all in my dream. And I said, like, what the fuck? What is this? And she was like, well, I was in college and, like, I needed the money and they were paying, like, eight fifty, and I did it. And I just remember, like, literally crying at her feet in my dream. And I woke up and I was next to her and I, I couldn't even look at her. <laughs> That's like when they have dreams that, that we cheat on them. Right. Which exactly. happens, like, what, once a week? Yeah. No, no, my God. God. Damn, what's like? Up. Come the fuck on! Why is it every week I've cheated on you in your dream? I woke up next to her and I was disgusted, physically disgusted. I woke up sick, and I, I literally still like even at this moment talking about it. I think about it, and I remember asking her like point blank when I Are woke you sure? up. I was like, "Have you ever filmed a pornographic film with a pornographer?" Because, like, I'm under the impression, like, yeah, you might have had a boyfriend before. You might have filmed each other fucking, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm aware that that might have happened. Okay. But, like, are you on porn? I'm talking about, have you fucking been on, have you been on Bang Bus? Are you on? (laughs) Has Johnny Sins fucked your throat? (laughs) Like, give me the. That's a deep cut. give Give me the fucking deets. And she was like, oh, no, 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 I've never done that, blah, 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 this, that. I was like, all right, you fucking, okay. Okay. And I believe her because having sex with her with just me is hard enough. I doubt a guy with some fucking wad of cash could come up to her and get her to fuck on camera. So I believe her. It makes sense. It all ties in. It all fucking checks out. <laughs> no, but dude, I'm I'm dead ass about this cruise. I, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm, I'm. She's coming over tomorrow. I'm going to ask her tomorrow. Ask her, figure it out, and then hit me up. I'll fucking hit me up with the link, and I'll – I'm not saying this because I'm drunk right now. I'll buy the fucking cruise. 
and I'll tell Bree after <laughs> I buy it, I'll say, hey, we're going on a cruise. And she'll be fucking ecstatic. She'll, and she'll you can also tell Bree to follow me back on Instagram. I will let her know because that's a, I know that's a source of contention. Because that's right now. on fucking real. No, I'm just kidding. She <laughs> probably she's yeah. Mm. She might. She probably didn't know. Probably didn't know. But I, I saw her on my people to follow, and it, she had like seven mutual followers or whatever. And I was like, oh, she has next girlfriend. Alright, I'll follow her. And then like I got a notification popped up that was like, oh, Bree accepted your follow invite. I was like, oh, okay, and. I always have You're to just check. waiting. I always have to You're check. Just waiting. Did they follow me back? And I click, and I didn't see myself in the following list. And I was like, "Yeah, no, that's a it's a rough one. It's a it, it almost makes wow. you want to unfollow immediately." I was like, the <laughs> it reason, makes you want to." Only reason I'm not unfollowing you right now You're lucky. is because I'm bringing this up on the podcast next time I'm on. You're lucky. You're <laughs> fucking lucky right now. No, I I went on the slippery cast and I went through a bunch of different people, and if they weren't following us. You're out of here. Oh, dude, yeah. You're out of here. So, another thing we gotta jump on. Let's jump on it. I I think I got you into gambling, didn't I? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe into sports betting. I'll give you that. You got okay, me. Okay, yeah, you, I know. You 100 percent got me into sports betting, but bro, I was a degenerate gambler when so, you yeah, were fucking you in high in, school, dog. How did you get into poker? That's uh, my question. Because I'll, I'll tell you how I got into Do poker. we want to get super deep? Oh, I, I want to know Damn, everything because I'll tell you everything. Because you are the only person in our family that I can relate to on poker. The only person that I it's, can... Hey, poker's a dark fucking place. Poker It is, can be. Poker is like chess where you, you, you try to describe people the situations you're in. Like, I literally... I was, because my girlfriend goes, I described this on the last podcast, my girlfriend goes to sleep on the weekends, and I get drunk, and I play poker online, and at 2 a.m., I fucking yelled at the top of my lungs, because... You got sucked out on. No. No, I actually won the pot. It was the the thing the guy said to me that pissed me off. Oh, in the chat. He didn't even say it verbally. He texted it. He texted it. Which made it even worse. What'd he say? in this chat. What'd he say? So, I have... I'm in this tournament. I believe it was at the same tournament, the $55 tournament. And I have, I believe, 20 big blinds. We're like 20 away from the money. And I have pocket sevens. And I three bet. You play on your phone or you play on the computer? Computer. Okay. At this point. I three bet. 3X. Dude next to me calls. And the dude on the cutoff jams and I'm on the button so I call I'm like fuck it I got 20 big blinds I got pocket, pocket sevens, sevens. I'm like all eight. in a fold right now yeah, yeah. I call another dude calls I'm up against ace queen and I'm up against like king jack so you're like you're sitting okay I'm ahead I'm ahead you're ahead right now I'm yeah a, but I'm you a, know as well as I know is it's gonna get exactly. fucking hairy so I'm ahead boom 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 everything happens you listen. You do what you're supposed to do in that position. So what happens is, one of the dude, the dude who has King Jack, was a super short stack. He winds up uh, turning like rivering a straight. Which what do they call the King Jack? I don't know. I just isn't, remember. Isn't I just that remember, the fucking uh, like the, I just the novice hand or something? That, who was that, Tony? Um, Tony G was like, he called with King Jack. Don't give him any applause. Don't read his strategy book. King Jack's a terrible hand, which it is. It is. 
And and so it's he calls the king jack. He, he fucking rivers is straight, but he was a short stack, so he only wins like thirty percent of the pot. And okay. I wind up winning the majority of the pot with the guy who fucking jammed on me. And I went wow because he rivered the straight. And then the dude who the uh, king jack rivered the straight. Yes. So you didn't take a hundred percent. You took seventy percent. I took seventy percent of the pot, okay. but I still wound up like breaking even because of the the stack differentials. And then the dude who was. Uh, jamming with Ace Queen was like, wow, you called with 7-7. Seven, seven. What do you I, mean? I freaked out. I freaked out. And I was like, dude, I was ahead of you pre-flop. You jammed with Ace Queen off suit. Off. I'm Ace like, Queen off. And you're, if you're acting like sevens is, is even worse? If, even if it's on suit, I'm still a statistical advantage. Like, you jammed with Ace Queen and then laugh at me for calling with sevens with 20 big blinds. I went off. I was calling him a clown. I, I literally got banned from the chat because I was calling him a fucking bitch. I was cussing at him. I was drunk. Yeah, uh, it was fucking Tito straight. It was yeah. It was it was <laughs> two a.m. I'm swigging <laughs> fucking boxed wine with fucking my girl's asleep and I screamed and my girl uh, talks to me in the morning. She says, "Why did you yell at two a.m.?" And I'm like literally trying to explain to her. <laughs> I'm like, babe, listen to this. Okay, so this guy, so the guy on the left is King Jack, right? Guy in the fucking Cut off has has uh, ace queen. I have seven seven. Now, if you look at it statistically, I'm and I just she's not. Yeah, yeah she's <laughs> she's fucking, like she what? literally. The, you're speaking Chinese. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, babe, I'm a fifty five percent favorite, and this guy called me a clown for calling, and he jammed. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but he's trying to act <laughs> like I don't know what I'm talking and, about. And mind you, when I said he was a clown, he never said anything after that. He was a vocal guy in the chat the whole time. The second I said, I called and I was ahead pre-flop, you're a fucking clown. He didn't say shit the whole rest of the fucking tournament. He busted out 16th place. Fuck that kid. I placed fourth. You fucking pussy. I know how to play poker. And you fucking called me a clown for calling with pocket sevens with 20 big Yeah, lines. shout out fucking uh, Queen's, Queen Ace 6484 login. You fucking absolute pussy. Pussy. Yeah, dude, I feel like the, the time that I got into poker and you just happened to be in it, and that's why I want to know, like, what was your whole Let me get up, that later. upbringing I need it back I, to? I, I'll show you exact. <laughs> I'll tell you my whole origin story of poker, and I went deep, bro. I went deep. Dead spaces we quick, light our quick light, cigars. Quick light. As if anyone's listening to this poker podcast, this would be a good thing to post on uh, poker.com. This is going to be a Clout Cousins episode one. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, uh, I would be so down to do a, <laughs> a duo podcast. Yeah, I'm down with that as well. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's do it, dude. Let's have Jimmy. I want to have Jimmy on the podcast soon, dude. Jimmy, dude, I'll be honest. <laughs> I told him I was on the podcast and he was like, damn. Nick has invited me on. No, legit. Like I, I, I thought about that today. I was like, we gotta have Jimmy on. I gotta listen. I gotta have Jimmy on before Christmas, or it's gonna be awkward. Okay. Yeah. I love Jimmy, dude. I love Jimmy, and I, he's he's a, gonna be a great fucking podcast guest. Amazing podcast guest. Um, I love I love Jimmy. Uh, you want to have a tinfoil podcast? You gotta have with Jimmy. Jimmy, dude. Here's the thing about Jimmy. I live with him. And 
this is this is still pertaining to our betting shit. Jimmy would we okay, so we have these things called Money Mondays. We've done it for like three or four years with our boy Lucas, who lived down the hall from us, who happened to be Jimmy's high school friend. And we came across this tradition where every Monday night, Monday night football, we would bet on the game together, same bet, 50 bucks, and we would just get beers, get pizza, wings, whatever, and we would just have a whole night about it. Just fucking, like, if we win this bet, it pays for the food. If we lose this bet, we find no double. And we had this whole thing, and... um. For years, Jimmy was just betting through our boy, his bookie, and I like, you know, I found out about Bet Online, and I was like, Jim, why don't you just get on this fucking app? Like, you could fucking bet your own money. You don't have to worry about him putting in the bets for you. You can withdraw it, blah blah blah, on your own accord. And he got into it. But the thing I didn't realize about Jimmy is he is, and I and I do believe, and I'm not talking shit about him. I do believe Jimmy is a part autistic. Which he like, but he's got he's got the good autism. He is, he's got the good shit where he has he he will literally social. He has a social inaptity that only I and a few family members notice. He doesn't notice. He is very. It's not something that's crippling or that people notice. It's only something you notice when you know him. Is that he does get really anxious around people. And he does get, like, real animated for the first five minutes. But then he gets into it because he is a very personable person. He's a, he's a person Absolutely. that you can talk to. And when you talk to him, he is so intelligent and so intellectually sound that there is literally I, – I literally believe he could have a conversation with Elon Musk and he wouldn't feel – off the plane, a hundred percent, a hundred, a thousand fucking percent. Your your brother has the verbal skills of I would put him up against any top notch fucking fucking person. You know what I'm saying? Like conversational skills. I would put your I would put your brother up against any fucking person. Like I I really would. I really would. I think Jimmy his conversational skills, his ability to listen. And then reply with a meaningful question slash add on to whatever that person is saying is unfucking matched. I would put him up against any person. Um with with just he could he could be a top notch interviewer. He really could be. But go ahead. He really is just like He's a savant. He's a savant. To the nth degree. And I'll put it this way. LFT podcast. LFTS podcast. LFTS Live podcast. from the studio Live podcast. From the studio's podcast. He, as soon as he got on this gambling website, he immediately started doing math equations and bullshit like this to try to figure out how to beat Vegas. He is doing all the... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not... Like, it's it's insane to try to describe it. He's a very intelligent person. He's using calculus equations that I've never even heard of to figure out the amount of money line bets he can make and still come out on top given the 25% bonus that they give you 
and including the rollovers and all that shit and including a, a guaranteed profit. And he's like literally showing me the math and he showed me the whole three door um, paradox. You know that paradox where they say like you're shown three doors and you pick a door and then they show you the wrong door and then they give you the option to switch. And they say that if you switch, you actually have a 66% chance of getting it right. Do you know why that is? Why? It's something I didn't understand until he explained it to me. So, if, if for the listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, if you've ever heard of that old um, math equation where there's three doors in front of you, and you have to pick the door that has the prize... Let's say you pick the middle door, and they say, okay, you've picked the middle door, and uh, we're going to open the left door, and we're going to show you that that's wrong. Now you have the option to switch your door, or you have the option to stay on the middle door. Which one do you do? Mathematically, it is better for you to switch your door, and the reason that is, is because... If you're to pick a one of three option, you have a 33% chance of getting that question right. Correct? Okay, because one out of three, yeah. Now, if you pick a 33% option and they show you one, one wrong answer and you switch, mathematically, over the course of 100 courses of this exact situation you have a 66% chance of it being the other door and that is only because back to the base route that you have a 33% chance of getting it right so if every time you were to pick the 33% chance door and you stayed you would win 33% of the time but if every time you switched and you picked a door out of three and they showed you one that was wrong and then gave you the option to switch, you have the 66%. that is now a two out of three chance because you switched because you were shown one that wasn't right. And I know it's an incredibly hard thing to conceptualize and get because it took me a full day of him explaining it to me to get but what it really boils down to is you betting against your own choice. Because in reality, if you're given a hundred one out of three bets, you're going to get about three, 33% of them right. Yeah, and also these people in Vegas aren't fucking stupid. There's a reason why oh, they're absolutely. so close to every spread they fucking put up. It's, they, 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 this shit is... Years and years of mathematics boiled down to fucking what we have today. I'll tell you what. When you have Jimmy on this podcast, he will spew about this shit. Because I'll tell you what. This motherfucker is going through math equations to figure this shit out. Every, I mean, he it he has found like a new monster to open up. So is he winning? Hold on. I want to pause right here because I got to get Bree Wood. She just texted me. She's been out of wood for like a half an hour. So if the fire goes out, I'm in deep shit. But I'm going to go get wood. But we're going to come back to this and I'm going to ask about Jimmy's winnings real quick. I'm going to pause for about two minutes. If you need a piss, do it now. Yes. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah, so 
I've been training. I've been trying to tr- like my goal is to get Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. One week. That's that's my been been my goal is to hit every fucking day. I haven't done it yet. This week I did Tuesday, Wednesday, and I did today, but I didn't do today at 5 a.m. I did today at 6.30. 5 a.m. is the open mat. 5 a.m. is when all the heavy hitters and the savages come. You know what I mean? And it might be only, Dom, it might be only four savages. It might be only two savages, but it's all the guys that have been rolling for like 10 plus years that are just trying to get good rolls in. What are you doing, my guy? I don't know. <laughs> I'm fucking lost right now. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Hold up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. I just held up my hand. This is technical difficulties. This is, this is what happens when you're too drunk after a, a a great podcast, and then you're trying to fucking mount a fucking uh, Cloud Cousins episode one. Cloud Cousins episode one. This this is this is the, the pilot episode. This dude knows what he's doing. Hell yeah. Here we go. Alright, so basically, yeah, jujitsu has been, it's been wild as fuck. Um, But I feel like it would be a huge, and, and even the guys that I roll with, like Olivia's boyfriend's really really good he rolls dude will is will is an outstanding grappler savage state champ what two times yes jesus so i uh rolling with him i roll with him and guys of his caliber is he smoking dudes oh my god yes or his wrestling is he like a top dog at the gym or what yeah for sure no for sure what belt is he he's only a blue i think Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because what? his wrestling skills are so high and elevated. I think if he, listen, if I feel like if he only, if he went purple, nobody would bat an eye to, but I feel like he, I, I think he's blue. I, I could be completely fucking wrong right now. I think he's blue, but if he got his purple belt, nobody would be like, oh, he doesn't deserve purple. Because he's fucking up purple belts. His wrestling ability is so high. Um, I've been to one, one jujitsu, uh, like role. It's just like a, just like a practice. Because this guy I uh, went, this guy I worked at Chris Chris with uh, was a brown belt. And yeah, the he, And he um. He said, yo, I know, I know you used to wrestle and everything. And, like, we always talk about, you know, grappling and shit. Like, I think you should, like, come roll with me and my boys at practice. And so I was, I was, um, I went there. I was kind of smoking the white belts. 
the blue belts would give me a little bit of trouble because yeah, I could control them on the ground. I could, I could get control wrestling-wise, but... You, you could know, pin once, them, basically, and Right, keep once control. I was on top, I didn't really know what to do because they were, like, yeah. throwing up Americanas and Camoras and shit. And and like, I, I didn't really, like, what know... What is this? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to do on top. Like, if I was in a fight, I would be like, okay, I'll just punch the shit out of you. But, like, in a grappling match, I'm like, I guess I just hold you down. Like, I don't... And that, then at that point, I was just, like, defending submissions. It just does You don't know what to do for me. That's my, that's my main issue right now is, like, I don't know where to go. I'm in a forest and I'm like surviving in the forest, but I don't know how to get out of it. If that makes sense. But go ahead. So the guy that I um grapple with, who was a brown belt, I I uh, rolled with him, just because he was like, "Yo, let's just fucking roll around. Fuck it. Like I know I'm gonna fuck you up, but like let's just do it." And I got a couple takedowns on him, but obviously as soon as I get a takedown. He's got you in the leg lock. He's got me in a fucking, fucking triangle whatever. or some shit like that. But the whole time, um, you know, I went back home and I told my brother about it, who's a very good wrestler. Not as good as Will. Will I think Will would smoke Jimmy, honestly. But that's that's not saying much because Will is a fucking like, you know, hoss. He's he's Will is a stud. Will Will's is a, a fucking stud amazing sure. wrestler. Jimmy is a great wrestler, but Will is an amazing wrestler. And I think Will would wax Jimmy because there's levels to that shit. Yeah. But that's as well as jujitsu. As well as when jiu-jitsu. I was grappling with the brown belt the whole time, he was beating me, but the whole time I was thinking I was like If this was a straight up wrestling match? Well, no no no. I was thinking I was like, You can beat me, but I've wrestled my brother. And my brother could smoke you. Like, the brown belt was good. The black belt was good, blah, blah, blah. And I think my brother would have trouble in a jujitsu match, but I guarantee, like, in a straight-up fight, my brother would have absolutely... If it was, like, a street fight, like, if it was, if it was, If it was a full-on fight, like, wrestling versus jujitsu, I really think my brother would have absolutely clobbered the brown belt. Really? Because... And, dude, Joe Rogan's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he praised jiu-jitsu all the time, but there's been a few podcasts where people ask, like, what is the main sport that, like, if you were to know, if you were to be a savant at one sport, wrestling, what would be the one sure. that fucking wins the fights? And even Joe Rogan was like, wrestling. Yeah, no, for Cause, sure. Because you fucking get someone on the ground, you control them, and after that, it's your fight. It, I mean, yeah, look at Khabib, yeah. dude. It's Look all it wrestling. Be. It really is all wrestling. It's it's all. I mean, and the, people have argued that jujitsu is just catch wrestling. Jujitsu is. I mean, I do not, for a second, lack respect for jujitsu and what it can have in in a fight and being able to be in a position where rather than knocking someone out, you're in a point where you're breaking a limb or you're choking them out. I mean, that is literally like if you're in a position where you're in a fight with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and you you can you literally have the skill set to kill somebody. Like you break somebody's arm and then you're like, "Oh, now I'm fighting somebody with a broken arm." And now this is my fight. But I I still believe that wrestling in the grand scheme of things is I'm going to grab you I'm going to throw you on the ground. I'm going to get you in a position where 
I have complete control of you, and I also have the ability to not let you get out of it. And I'm on top of you, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you until you can't fight anymore. And then, boom. Like, I, I mean... But, yeah, dude, like, to, to what you're saying is when I'm, res- right, when I'm rolling with wrestling guys... It's a different, it's a completely different vibe than if I'm rolling with a jiu-jitsu guy. I, I, I assume it, wrestling I can, guys are more, like, aggressive. Bro, I can, I can immediately tell if you have wrestled in the past. As soon as I start hand fighting with you, I can tell if you have a wrestling background. And it's, it's literally within seconds I can tell. It's how you hold your head. It's how you fucking attack the legs. It's how you hold your body. And clinch. I hate rolling with wrestling guys. And when I say hate, I just mean it's not as comfortable for me. That doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong. That doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. It just means that, like, I much rather enjoy rolling with jujitsu guys because I feel like less or more. You're on the same plane. We're playing chess. Right. With a. With a wrestling guy, I feel like he's playing chess, but there's also fucking bombs going off around the chessboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm having to, like, hold my pieces down. It's like playing poker with somebody who's not good at poker because they'll go all in with any hand. You can't get a read on them. Their style is to fuck your day up. Yeah. They're going to... It's a ma- it's maximum pressure. It's head cranks. It's head over... Like, leg over the head. It's walking shit up that... I mean, dude, I... There's guys at the gym that I just... When I'm rolling with them, I'm like, I got to survive for the next three minutes. But I'll wrestle with a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I don't feel that because in those three minutes, he's going to do things... He could fucking tap They're me. subtle, but he's he setting could, shit listen, up. Right. He could tap me 30 fucking times in that three minutes. Don't get me wrong. But he's not. Because he knows what my skill level is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's setting himself up into positions that he wants to work on. And he's using me as, as a learning thing. But he's also teaching me at the same time. When the wrestling guys get a hold of you, you better fucking learn quick. Yeah. They're not allowing you to learn how to get the fuck out of that. You better get the fuck out of it or your shit is fucked. Where the where the jujitsu guys are like, they'll literally I feel like I'm Anakin Skywalker in the Star Wars where um Palpatine's like, Yes, Yes, use that power. Like, they'll be on top Let of me. The hate flow Let the hate flow you. through you. They'll be on top of me, right? And I can't fucking barely breathe because their arms under the low, my lower back and their shoulders in my neck. And I shrimp out, which means I, I basically, you know, um, you know, uh, bridge, chest, bridge yeah. and then pull my knees up. And I'll hear them go, Yes, yes, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're they're like hyping you up. They're like, yeah. that's what you're supposed to do in that position. Yeah. Where the wrestling guys, they're going to put the knee on your belly and fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I've always I've always said when I have children, if I have a son, he is going to wrestle. Yeah, I'm gonna get Ollie into wrestling this year. Actually, you need to. You I'm gonna get him into Mavericks. I'm gonna get him into Mavericks. Here's so the thing. Here's the thing about that is even if he doesn't stick with it, even if he sticks with it till he's ten, he is going to have that base and that just 
primal knowledge of knowing what to do in that situation where yeah. like I wasn't I was not a great wrestler. I placed sixth in regionals and I I wasn't even that good of a wrestler. My brother was a great wrestler. I was a good wrestler. I still know that versus 90% of the human population, I'm putting you on your ass. Like, no question. Just because technique is everything. Like, yeah. I've wrestled knowing, dude, like, knowing what you're doing. I've wrestled dudes 50 pounds on me, and I'll fucking put them on their neck faster than you can say wrestling. Like, it's it's just like something you learn, just the movements, just knowing where to put your body when, knowing the balances, knowing what where you're at an advantage and where you're not, and, like, what angles to get on somebody that puts you at an advantage. It's just, like, something I can't even explain, just, like, with, I assume, jujitsu, where you, like, you can't explain, like, when, like, you're on your back and still you're in a positive position. It's something like that where it's, like, I know how to control your body better than you know how to control my body. Correct. Therefore, I know that, like, if you're if you have 50 pounds on me, if I have double underhooks, I'm taking you down. I don't give a fuck how much you weigh. If I have double underhooks and you don't know how to grapple, I'm taking you down. It's one step and you're down. Yeah, and, and like that's it. And that's just something that like especially as a young man growing up that you need to teach somebody because it gives you the confidence of being able to navigate the rest of your life. Like, I remember my father telling me. When did you start wrestling? How old were you? My brother started wrestling when he was in ninth grade, and I was in sixth grade. And because he got into wrestling, I got into wrestling. So I started wrestling in sixth grade at clubs. And when I got to my freshman year was when I actually started, like, competitively wrestling, and I broke my leg, and then... Sophomore year, I had another injury, but like I didn't really start competitive wrestling until I was like a junior in high school. But I had had wrestling experience for five years at that point, and um, I became a good wrestler. I became, you know, my best wrestling was my senior year. That's when I placed six at regionals, which was like one match away from making it to states, which still isn't that fucking great. It's nothing like Will, who won states two years in a fucking row. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Will Will mm. would wax my ass six days to fucking Sunday. There's levels to it. It's like I am good at wrestling to the point where if you put me up against ninety five percent of the population, yeah, normie, I'm yeah. waxing them. But if I went up against Will, he'd make me look like a fucking baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's it's so many levels to it. No, it's. I really need to start taking advantage of that as well as having Will cl- living close and then having wrestling mats in Is my house. Is he who got you into it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, basically, how I got into it is he. I I was curious because of like Rogan and I had heard it so many times and and I also was like looking for a new way to get in shape because I was I was in this cycling gym and the cycling gym closed during COVID because of all the COVID measures and shit. And I really didn't, I didn't, I don't like lifting. I'm not like a big gym guy. And I have a thyroid issue, which we talked about earlier when we (laughs) talked about the fats. 
and uh, <laughs> and I I have a thyroid issue, and I really should stay active as as active as I can, and um, you know, so I was like, kind of starting to blow up a little bit, not getting like super fat, but I was like, I was like two twelve, like two fifteen on a bad day, right, and I'm probably like one ninety now, so you're talking like you know, 25 pounds on me. And I was starting to get to the point where I was like, not feeling healthy, you know? And somehow we arranged, um, because what I do, and we talked about this earlier, is I get people that are, do things and, you know, I'm like, hey, you should wrestle this guy who does jujitsu and we should all get together. So like my mutual friend, Zach, I got together with, will who he knew through the gym because they went go to the same gym but i've been friends with zach forever and will now dates olivia so i'm like hey we should all roll at my house you guys can show me some shit so they come over and they invite their friend mike who also has a really sick jujitsu gym in his garage that's kind of like this without the divider in the middle was he the guy that was on the podcast not too long no 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 he hasn't been on the pod but um no, oh, uh, Zach was on the pod on the Ravens the one who one. wrestled, wrestled uh, Logan. Yeah, he was on the Ravens one. That's Zach. So him and Will, Zach's more jujitsu based. Will being more wrestling based, but Zach's, I would say Zach's a higher level. Maybe ju- I don't even know if I can say that. He's he is he's been doing jujitsu longer, but like Zach has like the leg locks and that kind of shit. But Zach and Will going head to head is like you never know who's going to tap who it's right. their head to head and will's got more of a wrestling background and zach's got more of a jiu-jitsu background so it's kind of cool so getting them together was fun for me i was like hey let's get together and let's let's roll i have wrestling mats that zach brought from florida and he didn't have anywhere to put them so he's like let's put them in your house so i got these mats upstairs let's roll this is like maybe like four and a half five months ago right let's roll let's do this so we go up there we're rolling a minute 30 of rolling in i'm gassed i'm about to throw up dom oh yeah i'm legit that like, shit is exhausting i'm about to die i have to go take a shower because i'm overheating i'm about to feel like i'm about to have a stroke i have to jump in the shower these guys are upstairs rolling in my room and my bitch ass has to go in get in the shower Meanwhile, William's mom, my sister, and my two sisters are downstairs hanging out, like having a girl's time while we're all fucking rolling around, getting sweaty upstairs like <laughs> idiots, you know. Um, and I'm in the shower. They're still rolling upstairs. And I remember sitting there looking at William and I said, how much do you weigh? He's like, I'm about 210, which he's about like 180 now, like 180, one, one, uh, he's probably like 190 now. Which, by the way, he looked fucking good at 210. Dude, <laughs> 190? He's a fucking bad bitch, dude. He's a tall. He's like my height, right? He's yeah, like six yeah. Foot. He's like six foot, one ninety. He's a bad bitch, dude. He's fucking cut. Two ten. He's a bad bitch. Yeah, no, no. So, at, <laughs> so at two ten, two ten. I'm like, damn, I'm two ten, but I'm a fat piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like a fat piece of shit. I am a fat piece of shit at two ten right now at my body frame, and. I just right there, something kind of clicked with me. I was like, I gotta do something. Right. So I started. I I went on keto like that next day. I went on the keto diet the next day, and I stopped eating all sugar. I just fucking shed twenty pounds in the first two months. 
knocked it out. And then after that, I started doing jujitsu. So I've been doing jujitsu. That was about six months ago. I'd have been doing jujitsu for like four months. So I shed like, I rest, I ju- did, I rolled a few times at my fatness, but then I shed a bunch of pounds and then I went to jujitsu. Ju- and then after the first few weeks, I got my endurance up. And then I've just been kind of doing it ever since. And now I'm really trying to get to four days a week. I'm really only making three so far. I haven't hit a four day a week, but I think if I That's keep still, my goals three high. Three days a week is still super solid. So, yeah, man. But I'm getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more control. I remember, I remember my brother, we were at Easter last year. Super drunk, and he was my brother was like super drunk driving home talking about Will. He was like, "Dude, Will, man, Will's a fucking great guy, man. He's fucking like Olivia. They're fucking baptized Christians now. He got her into fucking Christian faith. And and I'll tell you one fucking thing, man. If I was ever in a fucking bar fight, Will's the motherfucker I want to have behind my back. Hundred percent. Will's the motherfucker. I hundred percent. Well, I, I fucking love Will, man. Will's Will is this family, man. I fucking love Will. I hope Olivia marries Will. I want him to be my fucking cousin. Well, I don't give a fuck, man. Because if I'm ever in a bar and I'm in a fight, I'm picking fucking Will every fucking time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because Jimmy's a great wrestler, but yeah. he understands that Will is still fucking yeah, yeah, on his ass. And, and... You know, I, I think it would still be a tough match, but I think I, Will's winning every fucking time. And, dude, I mean, especially as a brother of a girl who's got a guy as her boyfriend that's that's got that fucking Yeah, and of... it's just all around, though, like, not even that. He's just a great fucking dude. He really is a oh good guy. Oh, my God. He's, he's a great he's guy. He's an amazing guy. Dude, really remember when, guy. We, when we filled the fucking Frank's Red Hot fucking fake-ass commercial? <laughs> he was a fucking actor in that and shit. Dude, he's a fucking awesome guy. He, he really he's, is. He's a fucking awesome guy. And not only that, I mean, you got to feel safe knowing that your sister is with somebody who could smoke 99.9% of the fucking yeah. human population no, absolutely. in a fight. Knowing that your sister's safe wherever the fuck she why goes. Is it that, why is it the baddest motherfuckers that walk around are like the humblest motherfuckers? I'll tell you exactly why. And it's the loudest, the loudest, craziest motherfuckers, the weakest. It's most because it's because those who have been in fights and know what fights can result in are always the ones that want to avoid them. Because people that have been in fights, people that understand what fights can result to, when Will gets into a fight, he knows he can murder. Will someone. knows that he has the capability of killing a person. It's not. It's not. Getting into a fight and someone breaking it up. Will knows that if he gets into a fight, it is his decision whether or not he kills that person. Because he is that efficient. Sound. He is yeah. that efficient. He is that sound at fucking people up. That if Will gets into a fight, it is literally in his hands whether or not it's a life or death situation. There are so many people that have never been. They've only fought at bars, fought people that don't know how or to fight. Never have fought. The, a large in, majority of the population has never gotten into a physical altercation. Either that, or they've only been into fights with people that also don't know how to fight. So they don't understand that. Like a lot of times, if you get like if Will has been into fights with people, that if he loses, those people could kill him. 
because he is literally at the upper echelon of fighting. And so many people that fight have never been in a situation where they understand, like, if you're in a combat sport like wrestling, and I've never been in a situation where I could kill somebody, or I, I could, in reality, if I got into a fight with some scrub on the street, I know I could if I had to kill somebody. But, but the amount of control. that And that's only with the select few people. Will is somebody who, if he's in a fight with 99% of the population, he has the power to end their lives. Therefore, he's under the impression that there are other people out there that could end his life. So, if, like, you can even talk about it when, like, if a chick bumps into you at a bar, they don't usually go, like, oh, I'm sorry. But if you ever, like, walk into a bar and you accidentally bump into a guy, you go, oh, my bad. Because as men, you kind of have that, like, instinct to know that, like, these are men on men, and this could go either way. Yeah, yeah. Will is somebody who he knows that any situation he could be in could be a life or death situation because he has the capability of making it life or death. And as a situation where he's at a level where he's also grappling with people that could make it that same situation... He's on guard because he doesn't know. Fuck, this guy, I, I know I'm a state champ. I don't know if this guy's a fucking national champ. I could be fucking bumping into Pat Downey. I could be bumping into fucking Bo Nickel. I could be bumping into fucking blah, 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 whoever. So even though you know you're a fucking badass motherfucker that could fuck people there's up, always you never, there. there's always somebody better, better than, than you. you. Yeah. There's always somebody better than you. And like, you always once you get into that situation where you have respect for people that can fight you have respect for everybody because you never fucking know who could fuck you up yeah i mean it could be a guy who fucking doesn't have those those uh what didn't go to college but is still an amazing wrestler isn't a collegiate wrestler but still has an amazing talent to be able to put you on your ass you know and yeah, no, no. It, there's so many levels to it, and I, like I did, I rolled with a guy today. He's had ten years in it. He took off for a few years because he had kids. He just got back into it, and I mean, we were doing like the way that we learn in the class that I take is like basically you get put into different positions, and you say you have to get out of this, or you have to get this person, you have to stand up from this position, or you have to get this person. To not stand up is, is the opposite person's role. Right. Or blah, blah, blah. He was fucking me up on every drill. Because he's got 10 years in it. He knew exactly what to do. When we were when we were doing guard passing, he passed my guard every, you know, five to seven seconds. I didn't pass his guard once. Right. I got well, close, but I didn't pass his guard once. And it's it's that execution. It's that it's it's time and knowledge and but listen, if I walked up to that guy on the street and we got to fighting, he would fuck my day up. Yeah. And we're e we're pretty even builds. We're pretty even everything. But the fact that he knows exactly what to do in these situations, I mean, it'd be over. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying is and the other good thing is I'm I'm glad you're sticking with it because I think the second you get like your first tap on somebody where you fucking really tap somebody out and you go, oh, 
that's going to open up another entire bridge because a lot of it is psychological as well. I think once you get that first, like, tap somebody out, you're going to understand all that training that you had has built up to, like, oh, now I'm not just somebody that gets tapped out. Now I'm somebody that can tap people. Yeah. And then you start opening up into, like, oh, now I'm going to start tapping white belts. I'm going to start tapping you know, upper white belts, and and then I'm going to start getting my blue belt. And then you get to the blue belt, sort of go through the whole same thing, and then you start tapping purple belts. And you go, oh, shit, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm tapping purple belts one out of every five rolls. Oh, now I'm tapping them two out of every five. Now I'm tapping them three out of every five. Now it's like 50-50. Now, oh, shit, boom, now you got your purple belt. And then it just goes on and on. And it's like you really just got to stick with it. Yeah, and just fucking really like. Well, that's what that's what really fucked me up at first because I I automatically just want to master something. Right. I want to be as be- like as good as like, and I realized jujitsu is not that thing. Oh, no way. It's not that thing. It's like trying to be nice at chess on your first day. You're not gonna do. It. There's so much you have to learn in order to be nice at chess. In order to be, it's chess with your body. It really is chess with your body. It really is. Um, but yeah, I really like that. I I really like that I got into jujitsu. I'm gonna keep doing it, and I'm kind of like starting to obsess over it, which is I feel like is good. Oh, it's perfect. Um, it is. It's. I mean, if you're gonna obsess over every anything, you know, something like that is the perfect thing to obsess over. It has so many positive aspects in your life. I mean, like. Yeah. Working out, but, being one, like... Yeah, just being... Well, number one, being in physical condition, but also it's the confidence just in everyday life. Just being able to walk down the street and, like, you know, being able to voice your opinion to people and not have to worry about it becoming physical because you're not afraid if this dude could beat your ass. Being able to... It st- comes down to a primal thing, too. It comes down to a primal security of knowing that, like... Hey, if shit were to go down, I could handle this situation. That's one thing that wrestling taught me, even though I wasn't like an out, like amazing wrestler, is that like I've gotten my ass beat in wrestling countless times. Therefore, if I ever have to get into a situation where I like I get you know animated with somebody and I feel like it could go physical, I'm not afraid for it to go physical because even if I lose. You've been in that position. I've been there. I've gotten my ass beat. Like, nobody has beaten my ass worse than my fucking brother or my dad has beaten my ass. Therefore, I'm not afraid for you to beat my ass. If I lose this fight, it's just another fucking walk on the block. If I win this fight, that's because I have all my training. And that's just, like, how that shit kind of goes. But there are some people that have never been into a fight, never had their ass beat, and they're afraid of that. Therefore, they won't voice their opinion. They won't stand up. They won't stand up for something that's wrong in public. If you see some guy harassing somebody, they'll kind of sit back rather than stepping up and saying, hey, that's fucked up. You don't know. This guy could be a fucking UFC fighter. He could be the fucking welterweight champion. You don't know. But if you're a fucking guy who's never been into a fight, never had his ass beat, and you don't know what that's like, you're kind of afraid to approach that. But if you're somebody who has that, had their ass beat, you're even if you know life. you might get your ass beat, you'll still step up because it's like, okay, worst case scenario, I get my ass beat. Been there. 
best case scenario, I solved the situation. Therefore, I'm going to try to solve the situation. Because worst case scenario, I get my ass beat. Whatever. Wake up the next day. I'll be all right. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like just getting into those conflicts just in general is something that's lost on our society. Um, you can't touch anybody anymore. You can't hurt anybody anymore. You know, and, and it's like. Whatever happened to a good old ass beating, dude? Yeah. What happened to good old one, two, left, left, right? But we were talking about how I got into poker. Before we get into this, I got to piss. Okay, do yes. your thing, and then we'll jump back into <laughs> poker. So, how I got into gambling, how I got into Texas Hold'em, how I thought I was going to be a professional poker player. Was that a real, like, thing you were trying to do? Uh-huh. I mean, in theory, I was a professional poker player. I didn't work, and I played poker for a living. I made like I made like five hundred dollars profit a week. I mean, I wasn't like making millions of dollars, but I mean, I was. Is that just all cash games or what? All cash games, like live casino shit. Correct. I was averaging around five hundred a week, playing one two games, one two games, low risk. You know what I mean? Were you like? Were you like profiting every day, or were you just like that was within like the losses and the wins? That was probably averaging like playing like three to four days a week, probably four days a week. Like the li- the wins with the losses. Like how many hours were your sessions? Like how many? Like you would have like one losing session a week or what? Here's the thing. To be a- I realized to be able to profit at the poker game, you had to be the guy that was on point late at night. Yeah, at three a.m. you had the drunk, loose players. At three a.m. you had to be ready to pounce. You know what I mean? So it all started because I was like bartending. I would get off at two a.m. I'd make like two fifty that night, three hundred that night bartending. Right. I'd drive twenty minutes up to the casino. What I mean, like, what I mean is like, what got you into poker? Like, okay. So, Chris, the Chris Moneymaker, right? Like. That whole Texas Hold'em tournament blew the fuck up. When I was a younger kid, we like when that shit blew up. There was a couple guys that were a little bit older that were having like Texas Hold'em games at their house, but nobody had money, so we were just playing with chips. It was just the concept of the game. We were learning the concept of the game. Then when I got into high school, kids were playing dummy hands. Which are basically you just put up a dollar and it's like blind. You're just fucking running the hand out. So at that point, you're starting to learn hands and which hands win and percentages without even realizing you're learning percentages. So then when I got like maybe like a sophomore in high school, Stevie, uh, who is our pod- one of our podcast guys, he started having games with a guy named Mike Wilhelm that was in the neighborhood and we just had a shit ton of games and we would have a lot of interest. We had probably like 10 people there every time. So we'd run these $10 tournaments and I'm talking, we're like 16 years old, 16, it's 17 like $10, years old. It's almost like fantasy football. Like what? Everybody throws in 10 bucks. It's, first and second it's 10 game, minute maybe. blinds. 
you you have a t- it's you start with this blind start at ten cents twenty cents, ten minute blinds, um, and the and you it's ten minutes and you get ten dollars worth of chips and then if you bust you get another ten dollars worth of chips. You don't have to pay another ten. It's just basically ten bucks for twenty dollars worth of chips. That's just how the tournament rolled. Is so it like a late registration? Like no, none of that. Though? We didn't. None of that. It was ten dollars. You get twenty dollars in chips. And if you bust your first 10, you get another 10. But by the time it got that, that helped us learn by the time it got late, when the like blinds are 510, one, two, yeah. and you bust and you got your $10 blind, you're out in two hands anyway. You know what I mean? So that, that taught us some shit as well. Right. So it's like we learned in the natural progression of what l- life was instead of just like learning it from the internet or a book. Or, it, just, it just was the natural progression of poker. So we learned these tournament styles. We learned how to fucking, you know, manage. And we got serious. Like, we played every weekend. Then we started playing cash games after the tournaments. We, we would play, like, three or four tournaments a night. Then we'd play cash games after the tournaments when all, like, people, like, dipped out. And it was just, like, a couple of us. We would just play, like, one, two cash games. Then it developed. We started meshing with another crew that we found. And we were playing a lot of 50 cents a dollar cash games. So we got we meshed up with this other crew, you know. Talk, now at this point we're like eighteen. This is like three years, right. you know, three or four years later. Um, we're still playing in the same basements. We're just bopping around, but we've now meshed with another crew who has some degenerate gamblers in it, and some, you know, cool characters that we've been cool with still, and some shady characters as well. Right. And we start having these games and. The next thing I know, I'm still in this world, and I'm, I'm. Then the casinos open up, so then I'm going to the casinos, a couple nights a week. Then I got this buddy who I've met from the other poker group, and we're going to Delaware Park. We're playing all these tournaments. You know, I cash this tournament for two grand. We're just, you know, we're vibing. We're doing really How much well. Was the buy-in for the two grand? Tournament? Probably like, maybe like seventy-five bucks. Damn, nice. So, so we're, you know. We're we're really vibing. We're really doing like these tournament tournaments. He's hitting big, and then he's he's going through these really heavy swings. And me being who I am, I'm like you know I understand the swings. I understand being a poker player. Yeah. So we're just running. We're gunning. We're doing tournaments. We're doing Adderall. We're doing Coke. We're doing shit to keep us up at this point. Um. He starts borrowing some money from me because he's losing. I loan him the money because I'm making shit ton of money at work because I'm bartender. I make two fifty every night. I work yeah. five days a week. I'm making cake. You know what I mean? So I start loaning him some money, and the next thing I know, he loses his job. So not only is he into me for some money, he's lost his job. Um, he also is now like fully into the poker world. Great poker player. Don't get me wrong. Can't manage his money for shit. And most of it. He winds up like uh, we're running. We're doing these tournaments. We did like a 20. We did like a 36 hour run where we did not sleep. We just did a run. We went Delaware Park. This place. That place. We were just playing live games. At one point we were in a fucking uh, barbershop basement in Baltimore playing a fucking high stakes game. And there's crackheads. What blinds were those? Oh, those were like a dollar. Uh, those were like two five, I think. It was like one of the first two five games I played. They might have been one two, but 
So we're playing. We're we're running on these crazy runs, right? Me and him, we're like road dogs, and shit just got really fucked up, man. He wound up winning like ten grand in one night, um, and then lost it all the same night. But at the same time, he lost it all. He still owed me two grand. So instead of paying me the two, when he was up ten, he lost all the money. And that goes back to like the poker addiction or to the gambling addiction to the not being able to manage your money. But me as being a person, as a man, like, dude, you really fucked me hard as fuck. You know what I mean? Like you owed me this bread because we were road dogs for this long and you went up 10 G's and you couldn't even give me my two and you just lost all 10. So like, yeah, if it, if on roulette, on roulette at that. If that were me, I would, I would easily just. Because I can't stand owing people shit. I would just... No, that I can't. That some people can owe people money. I've ran into tons of people. And you know where I fuck up? Is I think everyone's like me. Where when you owe people money, you just want to get it back to them as soon as you fucking get it to them. That's There's cool. a lot of people out there, Dom, that are not like that. And I had to learn the hard way that they're not like that. When I owe somebody money, I feel like I'm less of a man if I don't pay you back. That's just me. That's just me. So I feel like everybody's like that, but dude, not everybody's like that. And uh, this guy to this day still owes me around like twenty five hundred dollars. I haven't seen him, and he's you know whatever, whatever. It just kind of let it go at that point. At yeah. this point, it's just bygones be bygones. We were doing a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs involved. There was how a long lot of, ago was this? Like five years ago, six years ago? Oh no, this is probably I want to say <clears throat> this might have been like seven, eight years ago. Yeah, so. I mean, I haven't spoken to the guy in years. I don't have any ill will against him. I know he's not going, not having the best life. You know what I mean? Right. You look at people like that, and you know that they don't. They don't. At that have point, re- it's like uh, you they don't have relationships right. with people that matter, and they're they're going living. You win in a different way. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I have a I have a relationship with my child every day. Right. I, I wake up every day, and I I have this house, and I I do these things that make me happy, and I. I try not to hold that resentment as much as hard as it it was to just say like that's a lot of fucking money just to be right. like oh that's a few rent payments yeah that's pretty that's a huge huge I've had to justify it in a few ways and like what 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 good does it do me to go beat somebody's ass or go fuck or, somebody or up? get someone to beat somebody's ass or, yeah. or do what, anything what, what good does that do me really in the long run what good does that do me in the short term what good does that do being a fucking the record I have, do I? Can I afford to pull some shit like that? Right. No. Not in this. Not in this day and age. Not in this. So it's not, it, sometimes you gotta just. It's it's like, hey, those people are those people, and they're gonna be those people, and you can't do anything about For it the rest of their lives. And and you know what? They they have to live with that. I don't have to live with that. So, you know, if one day. Dude, because he's a great poker player, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna doubt him on that. He's a great poker player. One day, if he becomes the world champion, and he wants to undo his, you know, but I've also heard tons of poker pros always owe people money throughout the whole right. process. They, it's, it's part of being that type of person. But you know, it just happens that they, they all fall in the same category. Yeah. Right. So that was uh so that kind of that kind of turned me off on the poker thing. I stopped playing a lot after that because it's like it just was it's hard playing 
when you realize this, the dark sides of it where you're like, I'm, I'm doing cocaine. I'm doing fucking Adderall. I'm doing anything that I can to keep me up at 3 a.m. and be fucking tip top on my shit so I can take advantage of the guy that falling comes asleep in across after the, the bars and, yep. and plays because he's fucking drunk and uh-huh. he's like, ah, oh, I'll play some Texas Hold'em. And then he's just fucking going all in with fucking Jack Seven and shit. No, yet. And I've um, waited three and a half to fu- to seven hours for that, for him to walk in. Yeah, the uh, thing is, I've never played live. I, I, um, and I do plan to play live on this cruise that I hope you go on. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I've always played online, and I've always played. Um, I got into poker. Because my papu, they they like to go to Foxwoods and gamble and shit, and they like to play cards. And never did it. For well, I remember you. every New Year's Day there would be a card game going down in your yeah, basement. There would be a card game. All the adults would sit there and play would, Dealer's Choice or something, they and they would, play would just, Dealer's Choice. They would play quarter games, and everyone brought their change. straight coins. Straight everyone coins. brought their change. They didn't use chips. They used quarters. They used quarters and change, bro. And it was badass dude it was badass man that that was just they would just sit down on my basement dining room table and they would play fucking poker they would play fucking five card stud seven card draw fucking texas hold'em pot limit omaha all that kind of shit we need to bring that back we need to start doing that new year's eve i'll tell you what everyone bring their change i think you and i would have to be the ones that bring that back because we would we would have to because i have a full poker set that my brother's friend he, I would. He's my friend as well. This is a legit like casino set with like the chips are heavy. They're not. There's like little plastic chips. Like they're like casino chips. And he gave it to me. He was like, "I know you're into poker. Like I'm just gonna give this to you because I'm moving out. I don't have. You know, I'm about to have a kid. Like, take it." I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" So I have this whole casino set, and uh, I think that is something that we could totally bring back. Just, just. Obviously, we need to not be sharks at the table. We just need to fucking play. Fun. Or even just have everyone bring their change jar. We'll just do it that style. I, I mean, honestly, we might we might just have to start it with chips, dude. We might just have to fucking divvy out chips, almost like tournament style, and just fucking just yeah, just fucking play the game. Guys. Everybody you put out chips, twenty no, bucks. You, you like, gotta put out not even no money at all, even just to get people in the game. Like yeah. you're not sacrificing anything. Everyone starts with the same amount of chips. Just fucking play poker. And then, you know, later on in the years when you'd be like, all right, let's everybody put up five bucks. All right, put up ten, put up twenty, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I got into poker because um, my papu introduced me to five-card stud, five-card draw. And uh, I got into that. And then, you know, I started fucking uh, getting into poker randomly because I saw it on YouTube and shit. And I got, like, an affinity for it. And then... I got like a uh, feeling for like I, I feel like I could win at this, and then I started studying. You know, Phil Hellmuth, Phil Ivy, Daniel Negron, who's one of my favorite players. I started getting into poker vloggers like Brad Owen and Ryan DePaulo. You see the clip where Negron just uh, recently hit pocket, uh, hit quad threes over the guy with aces, uh, with ace full house. It's a pretty it. recent clip, but I'll have to send it to you. But it's it's amazing. I heard about he's, it. He's definitely my favorite player of all time. I heard about it, but then he's one of my favorites as, as well. But Ryan DePaulo was a guy that I really like uh, identified with because you know in Maryland you can't really play online. 
So I would, um, I, I downloaded PokerStars PA. See, you could play online in PA, and I would drive up to the some Walmart parking lot right over the border on PA, off Exit 4, on 83. And I played in a tournament. Wow, you would drive. I would drive. To play online. On I would drive phone. up to private clubs. This is when it first started, right? When I was around, I was 18. I was playing in private clubs. I was playing tournaments. You had to drive over the PA line, and there was these private clubs that you could play in. And they were like poker rooms, legit poker rooms, but you didn't have to be 21. I was, it was right when I was 18. The laws just started shifting right when I was 18. And I, was in, I would play in these private clubs for a couple years. But go ahead. Sorry. So I would, I would uh, just drive up and play legally online. And I lost the first couple times I went up with, like, I, I, you know, I was just starting out. I've never been a guy that just went up with 500 and was like, I'm going to win 1K off this 500. I, I would go up with a very minimal. And I went up with like 30 bucks, lost 30 bucks. Because I would enter in fucking like $10 buy-ins, fucking 510 blinds, 5 cent, 10 cent blinds. And then I, uh, I went out one day and I bought into a $10 tournament. And I wound up, it was a six-hour tournament. And I fucking placed third. I got 370 bucks. And I was like, I literally felt like I was fucking on, the man. on course to be on the fucking World Series of Poker. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Get out of here. Because <laughs> at the same time, this dude, Ryan DePaulo, who I watch a lot, he's from New York. He had, he was from New Jersey. Or no, he was from New York. He went to New Jersey in a parking lot and played on his laptop off of the hotspot off some off of some fucking um, Whole Foods and won a World Series of Poker bracelet on an online tournament. And he That's won amazing. it in the car. There's a uh, I, we could pull the video up after this, but he, he fucking won it in the parking lot. He won like 170k. And I was like, holy shit, dude, that's fucking so sick. Like, you can just fucking do anything. Like, you can just fucking drive into a parking lot and win a bracelet. I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. And I, I did that. I won that. And then I went up a couple more times, lost, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out, bet online. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shit, you could play in Maryland illegally, quote, unquote. And, uh. I started playing more tournaments doing that and like I noticed that like the more and more I like I was like a really good tournament player I'm a good cash player but like I was a really good tournament player just doing more and more learning more and more about like when's a good time to fold when like if okay you get ace five off suit middle position like you know uh, any middle like anyone who's starting off they see an ace in their hand they're like oh I'm I'm Three betting, blah, blah, blah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm calling anything. I started to learn like when's a good fold time to call, shit. when's yeah. to fucking fold, when blah blah blah. Positions everything in poker. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then I started like really getting into it. And then you gave me that poker book, and I read more of it. And I was learning about like what hands to call with, what not to, when you get into a certain position with a certain hand that you three bet with, blah blah. blah. And then I started getting actually like so I, I could tell when I gave you that poker book you had just you you had the bug for probably like a year. You really had the bug. Because you had the confidence that you were a bad motherfucker, but I could tell that you had just been in it for like I could tell as somebody that'd been in it for four or five years that you had just been in it. Yeah, you know I, what I, I mean saying like 
but you also had the confidence of somebody that was ready to take over the fucking world. Well, I, I, I've always had the understanding that like that shit is not like, it's not something you jump like just like with anything, just like jujitsu or wrestling. Like it's not something you jumped into because you get, you sit at a poker table, you don't know who you're fucking sitting with. Yeah, you could be sitting with a dude that won a World Series of Poker bracelet back in 1990, and has just decided that he's gonna just make a living off of one too. Like you never know who you're with, and I just like have taken like gambling to me has always been more of like an investment. Where to a lot of people that I know that gamble has always been like, a, oh, I have 200 bucks, I'm gonna bet 200 bucks on this game and win 200 bucks. When I've always been like, oh, I, I have 200 bucks, I'm going to bet five bucks, and if this loses, I'm going to bet a different amount of money, and then boom, 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 and sort of like stretch it out to where I can overall, like through bankroll management, come out on that's top. That's a huge part of it, and that's what I like what Daniel Grande covered in that book a lot. Right, exactly. Bankroll management was a huge part of that book. Huge chapter in that book was how to manage your bankroll, and just in the very basics, if you have $2,000, you're not going to do a tournament that's $1,000. You're not. You're not. You're just not. It's, just, it's not. Dude, most World Series of Poker players cash in like one out of every 10 tournaments they buy in. Yeah. Those are guys that are at the fucking final table every year. And you think you're some fucking rando that's coming into poker and you're going to fucking just cash every fucking tournament you play in. It's just crazy. It's a combination of luck and skill. And if you don't have... You can have all the skill you want, but if you don't get the cards that day, you're fucked. You go on a run where you're just card dead all night. Next thing you know, you're at fucking 10 big blinds. You're still 15 away from the money. You're at 10 big blinds, and you're like, okay, well, I guess the next next ace I get, I gotta go all in. And then some dudes are just fucking... I got fucking 40 big blinds. I'll call with queen five. Yeah. Let's, I'll hit a queen. Let's hit trip five. Let's see what blah, happens. Blah, blah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting tired. And I used to play like that. And when I was playing on the free money apps, when I was just playing like the fake poker apps, like World Series of Poker play apps, I was like, oh, I'm good, blah, blah, blah. And I was realizing that there's motherfuckers on this app that are like grandmasters, and I'm like a fucking loser. I was like, oh shit, like this really, even if you're not playing real money, like this really, and then I started playing the fake money, like Poker Stars had a, a play money shit where you could like play with dudes that are not as good, obviously at the same level as me because they didn't have the money to play real money. And I was like cashing in every tournament and then that's when I was like, I'm going to go up to money and I would just go $5 tournaments, $10 tournaments and then... Literally, like, the most I bought in for a tournament recently was 55 bucks, and I won uh, 500 profit. I won 560, but minus Sometimes, you got to jump up, I think. I think you got to jump into those $200 tournaments, those 160s, those, those $350 tournaments, because they're... It is a different vibe, but I think you need to. I think you need to get No, I, I know that. I know for sure because I, I played one, too, a couple times online. I've won. I've lost. Pretty much broke even, but definitely on this cruise, like, I know the cruise ship games are going to be soft as fuck. Oh, yeah. 
there, there's going to be a bunch of old ass motherfuckers Bro, where and if we know they sit at the same table, we could do some, we could work some shit, dude. If not we, cheat. We're we're not going to cheat, but we could work some shit. We're going to chip signal. We're going to do all that. <laughs> we're going to do some rounder. Edward Norton, Matt Damon shit. We're going to do some fucking. Going to click the table twice. Get out the hand. Yeah. No, I but, but I got kings. Get out. Um, <laughs> No, they're going to be soft. They're going to be soft. There's going to be a couple guys like us that know how to play and are going to be hard asses, but you're going to Dude, the last one two game I played, I cashed out like 850 bucks. 750, 800 bucks. When I went to uh it was like last year when I went to the food show, that was at a casino, and both my chefs, uh, my chef and my kitchen manager went manager went to sleep, and I went down to the poker room, and I sat there for like 3 hours and just Rolled on people. And it's always, you know what happens? The first few hours where guys are that have been at the table for a few hours are feeling you out. You can take advantage of that. And then once they realize you're a player, shit slows down. I remember you. Um, they give you so much respect and then you can't hit a I hand. remember you giving me that advice where you were like, dude, as a young guy, they always think you're bluffing. So if you have like, you know, if you got fucking trips on the turn, bet big. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. if they're on a draw, they're going to call. No, for sure. And yeah, then... yeah, yeah. Because you have to play your image. You have to play your image as much as you have to play your cards. And being a young guy at a table with a gold watch on and just, like, with a cocky attitude, you got to play that image. The, but then also... Playing the part is a huge, big... Is big old part. people never bluff. They always have it. So yeah. it's like when you... When you when, if, old, if old dude check raises you... Or if he fucking three bets you, he's ha- he has it. He's got to chill out because old yeah. people tend not to bluff. Yeah, the old the old old timers. You know who they are too. And they've been they would have they will be sitting there for fifteen hands and you haven't seen them fuck fucking play, and then they happen to be in the hand with you. Next thing you know, they're making a move and you're like, "Fuck, I gotta get out of this." Right. I got to get out of this wheel. Two pair is not good. This wheel draw is not working out for me. <laughs> you this know this I mean? flush draw, I can't call a fucking 45% raise on a fucking flush draw right now. This dude has trips. Yeah, no, we need to we need to hit a poker game soon. Stevie's a good Stevie's a good player. Stevie's a real good player. Stevie's a really good player. Glenn can play. Glenn can play. Zach can play. Zach's not like a cra- Zach lacks the patience. Zach just he'll play if he's winning it's cool but Zach will Zach knows how to play but after a while he'll just like fuck it vibe I think if we could set this cruise up and get Bree and Kayla to be good friends I feel like we could have a fucking poker night here every Friday because they could just fucking go in and chill and have girls night and we could just fucking rail out and just have a $51 yeah fucking poker game every night and just fucking have a pod even if we want to, just fucking chill out, hang out, just fucking play poker. That would be chill as fuck. Imagine a poker game. I think it would be cool to have a poker game with the camera on the table. Like, even if you played five-handed. If it was like me, you, Stevie, Glenn, and Zach, and we got Coon in there, and we just sat six-handed at the table with the camera facing all of us, and we just talk shit while we played poker i think that'd be a cool cast 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that would get a whole another demographic. That would get the poker demographic, too. We could stream it on fucking TikTok, or we could fucking... Even if one person had that... Because there's so many... Now that, like, TikTok has picked up on that, like, poker, if I scroll through TikTok Live, like, one out of every ten lives is somebody who's playing poker that literally just shows their hands and, like, just watches them play a cash game. And then, like, if they don't have a hand and they fold out, they'll maybe go to the guy on the button or they'll go to the guy next to him and see what he has and see how he's playing the hand. And then they... Everyone's like, oh, you got King Jack. You got you to gotta fucking call that flop. So you hold gotta... on. So the, how does he... He sees the pocket hands of the guy next to him? So it's obviously a very lackadaisical thing, but it's like a home game. I saw one where it was literally just like a dude in like a fucking Italian dude's basement. And they hired a dealer. Are you inhaling the SIG? Or the cigar? I mean, it's like almost dead. I watch you deep inhale that cigar. I'm barely getting it. <laughs> Whatever. And um, they got like an Asian chick dealer and everything. They got a shuffle machine and shit. Dude, I was in Walmart the other day with my girl looking for fucking uh, board games to play. I saw a fucking shuffle machine. Uh, I thought you were going to say that Asian chicks for sale. <laughs> I was like, this is a, they got a shuffle machine at Walmart? Like They're- a legit one or like a little fucking... Bullshit ass. It was probably some bullshit. It was probably some shit where, like, after five hands, you could predict what the fuck was being shuffled. I had one of those where you put two halves in it, and you press the button, and it shoots the cards together. You, you ever seen those? No? I had one of those for a while. That's probably what it was. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, man, so you said that they're when they're watching, like, on TikTok, you can live yeah, view so these Yeah, so they hands. go on live. A couple of these guys that I follow on TikTok called next gen poker they're like younger than me college kids that started a poker channel while they were in college because they they went to college in texas so they would play texas hold'em and at like the you know texas card house and whatever and so now they run lives where it's literally just the camera is on the kid's view of his cards and he'll show his cards and he'll fold and he'll show the whole fucking table what's he doing what's he doing boom boom He'll only show his cards, but then I've also seen some of them where it's like some guy at a house game showing his cards. If he's got a bad hand and someone else is, you know, it's like a three-bet pot. Three people are in the pot. He'll be like, all right, what do you got? And he'll just point it on the camera. The guy will show his cards, not make a face. He'll show the cards, and then now you're in on his hand. Now it's like, oh, I'm in on this guy's hand. Now, Now that chat has something to talk about yeah even if it's some bullshit hand they'll be like okay how do you play king queen offsuit here you bluffing or yeah you, you, you bluffing you calling an ace high flop like what are you doing and so it's like something where like you could have the camera on one guy and if one guy is completely out of the hand he could go all right nick what do you got show me your hand and then you just Lift it up. Don't make a face. Don't do anything. Boom. Lift it up. And then it's like, okay, now. Every, oh, the whole chat knows. Oh, he's got um, fucking, you know, Jack 10 offsuit. Yeah. What's he going to do here? Jack high flop. This guy could have pocket fours. But then the whole chat's being like, you got to raise 3.5, blah, blah, blah. And then the whole chat's like into this guy's hand. It's literally like it's a way for the chat to play poker without playing poker. Literally just like 
oh, if I have a good hand, you're with me. If I don't have a good hand and I fold pre-flop, I'll go to a random guy on the table. We could even set it to a way that it's not suspicious. To where, like, you know, if the guy with the camera folds, we go to the seat to the left of us. And the next time we fold, we go to the seat, two seats from us. And go all the way around. And then be like, you know. So the camera could always be on the guy if he has a hand, which I guess would be kind of a giveaway for him to, like, not flash the camera around. We could even play around with that. But, like, just to be able to go live on a poker table. Yeah, I think that would be a good – I think that would be some good content, honestly. I think that would be a whole new – like you said, new demographic. We just did a poker night with just the camera. It's wide enough view where it could get the whole fucking span. We wouldn't even need, like – to see anybody's whole cards or anything, we're just yeah. They, they just could one see guy. afterwards. It could it could be one guy. It could be like I have no hand. Uh, I'm gonna run over to Glenn. What does Glenn have? We don't even need to do all that. We literally could just do a, a us having a conversation while playing poker because you're either gonna show or you're not gonna show at the end of the hand. If yeah, and I feel like it. if we were to do that, we would have to like make it interesting i feel like it, it should be we like have a mandatory to show, a lot. show yeah if show you bluff you have to show or something like that just because like well we i think that have yeah. to play with real money we we yeah. could just play with chips and, and just lie to the people and be like oh we're playing one two yeah and and just be like mandatory show mandatory like if you bluff you have to show if you fold and you're on the camera you have to show some shit like that i feel like we could totally set that up like next pod just be like Five cameras around, have the same bullshit, same podcast, and just be playing poker. Because people could tune into like, oh, this is a podcast, I'll listen to this. And then poker players could also be like, oh, they're playing poker. Let's see who's playing what. They could guess what hand. Oh, I bet he has fucking ace-king. I bet he has ace-king. The way he's fucking betting, he's the way he's c-betting, blah, blah, blah. I bet he has ace-king. Damn, blah, blah. that would be some next-level shit if we could have, like, our names, like, Dom, ace-king, Nick, this, Coon, this. Yeah, that, w- that Zach, would be this, that would have to be some high-budget shit for yeah. sure. We'd, we'd have to get whole card cameras and shit. That would be crazy, but I think we could start off just being like, oh, there's a camera on the table. I feel like it would be better almost than a camera on the table to have a camera on one guy and then to him to go around because it wouldn't – at that point with the camera on the table would just pre- pretty much be like watching the World Series of Poker Blind where you like just don't yeah. have any idea what the guy has. Like you have no investment until the fucking – till the whole card show. stand uh, showdown. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, dude, I think there would be ways to do that. There'd definitely be some ways to do that. That'd be that'd be a cool vibe. That'd be, that'd be a really cool vibe. Yeah, I mean, if we could get a couple cameras, like a dealer's camera, and then, like, we could even just, like, rotate the camera every hand. You know what I mean? Like, two cameras. It'd be, like, one camera be the dealer's camera, and then another camera just rotate every seat. Yeah. So, like, every hand is, like, now you're playing with this person's hand, and if that person folds, just, like, go to the next person that's in the action. That way it doesn't make it seem weird. I've been itching to play some poker lately, too. Dude, you gotta play on this fucking... Have you played online yet? Not at all. On Bet Online? Is, is it legit? Oh, dude, it's 100% legit. 
play 100%. on your phone or you just play on, on like what? my phone my my computer everything tournaments all the time all the time it's a tournament going on right now i guarantee it i could hop into something dude tonight. fucking do a fucking dollar tournament just feel it out dollar tournament five dollar tournament ten dollar tournament what the fuck ever they got shit going on all night i'm with it Let's there's a it. nightly dollar pot limit Omaha tournament 1 30 a.m it starts Every night. Every night. <laughs> yeah, this might be a this might be a fucked up fucking thing you're introducing me to. No, dude. Back I mean, you vibe. don't have to go crazy on it, but I mean, like, you know, the 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 betting shit. Betting's not fun. Oh, dude, betting is so fun to me. It's fun, but it's like it makes the sporting events a lot more fun. But it's like I, dude, betting is so hard to be good at. Well, that's the thing is, the thing about gambling. If you're at sixty six percent, you're doing God's work, dude. The best sports handicappers in the world, the max. I think the best guy overall ever that they've ever recorded had a fifty six percent win rate. Which, if you're playing at the right stakes, let's say you're betting fucking a hundred thousand a fucking game, you know you're winning six hundred thousand a year, but. The thing about betting on sports to me is I've never played it in a way where if I lost money, I was in a financial yeah no same, situation. Same. I've always I don't bet, bet what I don't have. I've always bet enough money to where I was like, oh, I won this money, then I guess it paid for a few drinks. If I lost this amount of money, I'll just act like I bought people drinks that I didn't know and whatever. Some people just go and say, I I got. You know, but that kind of betting makes you realize that you can do that other kind of betting. Yeah. Well, when you win thirty bucks, you go shit. If I had to bet three hundred, I'd have won three hundred. But then also you lose thirty bucks, and you go shit. If I had to bet three hundred, I'd have lost three hundred. And those are the kind of people that like don't get it, dude. Like I've I've had this. Like I said, my brother had this whole fucking system. He's working out. I've had this system that I've been working out that, like, I'll bet, like, Baccarat or Blackjack, and I'll do betting strategies where, like, you know, not Martingale, where, like, oh, I lose a dollar, now I bet two. I lose two dollars, I bet four, blah, blah, blah. Because then after six bets, you lost your whole bankroll. Like, I'll do shit where, like, I bet 1% of my bankroll. If I lose that, I'll bet. 1.1% of my bankroll and then like slowly after even if you go like 30 losses and 25 wins you're still up rather than being like oh I'm gonna go double my bet every time and then if I lose 7 in a row I'm out and if you win like 3% of your bankroll every day let's say you start with 100 if you were to win 3% of your bankroll every day you're up to like 4 million that's if you did that. And that's a it's hard to win. I mean, it's easy to win 3% of your bankroll 29 out of 30 times, but there's going to be that 1 out of 30 times where like you just go on a fucking shit losing streak and you're fucked. But I feel like there is a way if you implement bankroll management and like proper betting strategy, you can wind up on top and just compound your winnings. 
and like actually do well. But I then think bankroll management is such a big part of any gambler's game. And if you don't have bankroll management, you shouldn't be a gambler. Well, dude, when you think about the stock market and you think about the guys that are in hedge funds and shit and you look at the way they do shit and you can have all the graphs and all the fucking analytics you want. At the end of the day, it is no different than betting on red or black. It's no different. You're betting on whether a stock's going to go up or whether a stock's going down. And like in the Wolf of Wall Street, where he said, I don't care who you are. Nobody knows. I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or Jenny, Jimmy Buffett. Nobody knows if the stock's going to go up, down, sideways, or in fucking circles. It's a fucking fugazi. Only thing that matters is keeping the money in your clients. I mean, it's the same thing. Like... You don't know if you're going to fucking hit a blackjack or if you're going to fucking hit a 12 and the dealer's showing a 10 and then he's showing a 20 and then, oh, okay, I lose. You never know. You never know when the roulette when, when the roulette wheel spins, you never know it's going to land on red or black. You never know if you have aces whether or not that dude's going to hit fucking trip queens. You never know. It's It's always a gamble, but it's playing the percentages because if you play... Dude, uh-huh. the guy, not to cut you off, the guy that lost all that money that I was telling you about, and 2000 of the 10000 was mine that he lost. Yeah. He lost 10 roulette spins in a row, red and black, for $1,000. He's betting 1000 each spin? Correct. He lost 10 in a row and lost his whole bankroll in... That he hit, that he had run up for the prior thirty two hours. Just flat bet the whole the way. The thirty four hours that he had run up, he lost it in thirty minutes. He ran up from three hundred dollars to ten grand and lost it in thirty minutes. That's the thing is, if that were me and I went three hundred to ten grand, I'd have pocketed eight grand and been like, "All right, if I lose this too, who gives a fuck? If I lose this too, I'm still up eight grand." No, you'd have probably paid your boy your the two grand back. <laughs> yeah. Then pocketed the I six. Have, I would have said, okay, I have ten grand. I'm gonna pay my boy my two grand back. I'm good there. Now I have eight grand. I'm gonna pocket six. Then now I'm gonna I, go to the casino and fuck around with two grand. See what happens. See what if happens. I lose two grand, I'm, I'm still going up home. Six. And I'm going home. Some people just don't have that, man. Some people just do. And not that's what that. that's what stops some great poker players from being. The greatest poker yeah. player, unfortunately. Mike Mattisau is like fucking broke now. Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's a great player. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people just just don't get that. I mean, like, what's he doing now? Is he still playing? But he's just like <sighs> he's like riding around on a fucking cart now. Thank God Coon's not here. Fucking yell at me. Oh, Mike Mattisau's <laughs> a big fatty now. I don't know. He might be disabled. I don't fucking know. Damn. But. You know, completely broke. He's completely broke, and and they just they just don't know how to manage their bankroll, and they just play with money that, you know. Oh, I won the World Series of Poker five years ago. I could fucking run this up in this fucking bullshit high roller tournament. Blah blah blah. And they fucking buy in for fifteen grand ten times and lose every time. And, now they're down 150 grand. They're like, oh, shit. All right. Well, that was one third of my fucking bankroll this year. Okay. I'll buy into a 50 grand tournament. Lose that. 
All right, well, I guess I got to buy into a 100 grand tournament. Boom, lose that. Another fucking minus 400 for the year. Yeah, no, it's a slippery slope. That's what kind of why I got out of it because it's just like you you have to be on top of your shit at all points every single second. Well, dude, you can get back into it. You just got to fucking play low stakes, dude. Low stakes is no, yeah. So I mean, I dude, soft. I love poker. I'll play poker any day of the week. I just I like playing with people that I fuck with. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I'm not trying to go take your fucking house from you. I yeah. want to play because I love the game of poker. And if we each lose a hundred dollars that night, so fucking be it. But we're all grown adults. Nobody's nobody's kids are going hungry because we're fucking playing right. a poker game. Dude, my dad, I, I can't even like. I get so excited when I win, like, a big win on a poker tournament. I'll, like, tell my dad. He's like, yeah, I just never got down with that gambling shit, you know, because I always thought that, like, you know, if I'm winning money, you know, I'm winning somebody's money that fucking lost money, and he's trying to feed his kids, and he's gambling. And I'm like, and I'm like Dad. That's not the same. It, poker's like, not that vibe. I'm like, Dad, even if that's the case, that motherfucker shouldn't be betting. He was going to lose that money anyway. Yeah, he shouldn't have been putting like, that money Like, that motherfucker ain't supposed to be... My mom's father was that kind of guy. He would get his paycheck, go fucking gamble it over the weekend. She wouldn't even see him till fucking Monday morning. Fucking gamble the whole paycheck away. I guarantee that motherfucker was placing some snake eyes bet on craps or some bullshit. Trying to win 30 to 1, 30 times in a row. Lost all 30. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, well, my paycheck's gone. It's like, that's not how you're supposed to fucking gamble. Yeah. Some people just can't fucking vibe, bro. Alright, I gotta get back to home. <laughs> I gotta get to fucking work in the morning. Cloud Cousins, episode one. We talked about it all. Gambling. Other stuff that I can't remember. Cloud Cousins, episode Gambling one. podcast. Poker <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'll make you a grilled cheese before you get on the road. Oh, shit. Okay. I gotta get something.